Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of But Honey Podcast. We have uh, we've been away for a little bit. I hope you've missed us, uh, but we're back. We were in the middle of a move, so we decided to kind of pause on on all this um, recording stuff. Uh, but now we're semi settled in getting there, and so we decided uh, why not just start the new year off by relaunching but honey uh, and we just want to begin the first episode back uh, by sharing a little bit of uh, what we've been feeling for 2021 um, and so if you hear some crunching or anything like that in the background uh, this episode is brought to you in part by popcorners kettle corn <laughs> i always wanted to be sponsored by something i I hope Popcorners, you listen and that you decide to sponsor us because your stuff is delicious. Costco is great. <laughs> yes, hello. We are so glad to be back. Um, I think the break was nice, but I literally woke up this morning just with fresh conviction that we need to be talking, <laughs> uh, talking and um, yeah, just talking out loud. And letting it be heard and um, yeah just I mean right off the bat I think it was like literally past midnight right the first uh, the first of this year that we're like maybe we should pray into this year yeah <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're right all right let's start praying and so yeah. we, we, were, we were just praying together asking the Lord for just um, a fresh word and vision for what he has in store for us this year and so we'll literally just be sharing, I say that word too much, literally. Um, we will just be sharing um, what we shared that night and some more actually that I didn't get to even process with you, but um, I guess I'll begin. Um, he gave me the word that it's going to be a Psalm 23 into Psalm 24 year. If you know Psalm 23, it's the passage of the Good Shepherd, right? It says, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he leads me beside still waters and on and on into different terrain. And uh, and then Psalm 24, it's talking about the King of Glory. And um, what I felt was that he was saying that those who are led by the Good Shepherd will invite the King of Glory in, in this year. And, um, I, I really, I was like kind of pleasantly surprised cause I'm usually the one that's super heavy <laughs> and I was like, wow, God, that's such a nice word. <laughs> but <laughs> in the past few days, as I've been unpacking a little bit more, I think he's been showing me the other side of that, that it's a big conditional statement. Mm. Um, and that, um, that is not a big majority that he's talking to and he's talking about, um, and so he's been unraveling just so much of our presumption. And um, we just happened to be reading through the story of Saul with our kids because mm -hmm. we read a chapter a night um, in their Bible. Old Testament Saul. King yeah, Saul. Old Testament Saul. Yes, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> so, yeah, and that just aligned perfectly. And God's just been speaking to me about King Saul. Mm. Um, a lot like this morning I, I literally oh, I, w I woke up <laughs> I woke up and um, I felt like I heard in my spirit that God is hardening hearts even now mm. um, and that kind of messes with your theology I know people still wrestle with that like you have to read your Bible <laughs> and it says that God um, hardened Saul's heart and it also says that God sent a tormenting spirit um and so yep. um yeah and so i i actually felt that um yeah he is hardening hearts and that he's giving all people equal opportunity to humble themselves and repent and that those who respond once again will invite the king of glory um into their lives and into their surroundings but those who refuse will be subject to a spirit of torment and that's what I woke up to this morning. Um, so back to that big conditional statement of like being led by the spirit. Uh, 
I really want to focus and hone in on that sin of presumption. Um, I, again, I went back to that passage. I think it's First Samuel 8, where it says, um, it's the same verses that follow to obey is better than sacrifice, right? It's the account of how um, Samuel or, or God had told King Saul not to take any spoils after <coughs> um, taking over this town, right? The city. Mm-hmm. And then he, but he didn't listen and he took all these uh, cattle and like the good things that were there. And then he started using that to offer sacrifices to God. And Samuel comes to him and confronts him and he said, what are you doing right now? And he said, look, I'm giving worship. Like I'm giving offerings to the Lord. And Samuel said to obey is better than sacrifice. And then immediately after that, he says that, rebellion is as divination meaning witchcraft and uh, presumption is as iniquity and idolatry and Mm. that really struck me oh man i can just keep going on but that i just want to sit on that a little bit like the sin of presumption where we so much of the body of christ so much of the church is under the sin of presumption yeah, and that's they so good. think that they're doing God a service in what they're doing. And yet it's the exact opposite of what he wants. And it just not, it just doesn't come from the origin. Isn't the right origin. Hmm. It, it hasn't come from a leaning into his voice and into his heart and an obedience and a trust in God, but it's come from this. Oh, I think this will be a good idea. You know, it's come from this opportunistic, opportunistic, yeah, right, Op- mm-hmm. mentality. Um, yeah, just as Saul was in, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I think just transitioning from that even to my word for the year, kind of, yeah, and it's funny because it's kind of opposite this year. I think usually Lydia gets the heavy, revy stuff, and then, and then I'm like, chasing butterflies <laughs> and blowing dandelions but do you blow dandelions is that what you blow yes yeah but um um this year i just felt uh from the lord that fastedness is going to be really significant mm-hmm. um and i think it ties into you know the sin of presumption i think it ties into um, a lot of different things because um, the fasting that I feel the Lord highlighting is not just, you know, the 40 days of Lent that people are used to, or I know some churches will fast like the first three days of the year or whatever, where, you know, it's, it's literally you just stop doing something, mm-hmm. right? Like you stop eating something, you stop being on social media, you stop doing this or that. And I feel like, um, and I felt, you know, like along with the word uh, for fasting, uh, the Lord was highlighting Isaiah 58, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, he's revealing to his people the difference between true and false fasting. And and he talks about, you know, the false fast where it's about like these people giving all of these things up and fasting the way he taught us to fast. Um, and again, in that their sin of presumption is like now god will listen to me mm-hmm. now god mm-hmm. will bless me now god's going to do whatever i ask because i did what he asked mm. but god is like man don't you understand that the point of the fast is to know my heart and to do my will right mm-hmm. and he talks about like isn't the true fast loosening bonds and ha- you know and like ha- housing homeless people and feeding the hungry and like doing these things that are on my heart not mm-hmm. just refraining from the things that you want to do you know and i feel like that's that's kind of the stoppage point a lot of times even in my own life right where we think that the pursuit of god looks like just giving up what we want uh, but it's that's only half the battle, right? Like we need to empty ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can be filled with him. You know, Jesus, he talks about when when you empty yourself and you don't fill it with the right stuff, that things get worse, right. you know, and maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe the things getting worse aren't going to look as overt as we think. 
you know, maybe the things getting worse are going to be us presuming more things about God's vision for us this year or God's direction or what God wants us to do or what pleases God. And then we begin to offer these excellent sacrifices when the entire time we've been disconnected with him. Yeah, it's it's so crazy how we can be so deceived in and of ourselves, um, even as we're hearing the word of the Lord. And I think um, I think that was another a sobering, uh, almost like a wake up call and a warning that God was really highlighting for me, where I think there's a lot of shaking going on in the prophetic Um you know, for those who follow different prophetic circles, like there have been a lot of these words that seem to like not come to pass. And I think that was another big theme that we want to dive into in another episode. But just to kind of graze on it a little bit, um, like the prophetic is as pure as the vessel and as pure as the as the, the hearers, honestly, because it has to be. It has to, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I wish there was no, there would be a hundred percent accuracy all the time, mm. but because our flesh is in the mix, I think there's so much of, uh, of that, that actually God is shaking off in the prophetic. But then at, at the same time, it's like when you, when it doesn't come to pass the way that you had heard or the way that you had believed, what is your response then? Um, and I see a lot of people being offended at the Lord and walking away from it or offended at people and blaming certain circles or offended at whatever it is, right? Just the fruit of it being a root of bitterness, which Hebrews 12 talks about. It says, beware (laughs) that Mm. this root of bitterness doesn't like ruin everything. And I think, oh, that's just such a, um, I don't know, just a sobering reality right now. Um, at the same time, I'm so thankful for it because even in that same chapter, Hebrews 12, it talks about a a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so once he shakes everything off, then what you, what remains is really what matters anyway and to just you know again hitting on our year uh, reflecting on 2020 for us um even that night i was just we were just so filled with gratitude even with the losses and even with the hope deferred seemingly for me personally it was really tested with uh, my uncle passing Mm. right because i was following prophetically what God, what I was receiving from the Lord. And it seemed like a perfect, perfect setup for him to show through yeah. in the way that I was believing for, which was his healing. But it, it didn't, it wasn't, it's, it didn't show through. It's not that God didn't show through. It's that he didn't show through the way that I wanted. Yep. <laughs> and so honestly, I was so offended. I was like, I, I just didn't even want to talk to him, you know, and I didn't for a few days. <laughs> like that's the longest I've gone yeah. um, in, a, in all my life, maybe. I don't know, <laughs> but um, it's just, uh, and then that's what got me to question whether it was worth following Jesus all the way, the way that I've been, you know, yeah. it's not that I can deny his existence, but it's like, am I going to keep giving my 110%? Am I, am I going to keep doing this when I, when at the end of the day, it seems like I'm coming up empty right? and even worse off than the beginning (laughs) than Mm. if I didn't believe for it. (laughs) Like if I didn't even try, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't have hurt this bad, but it's like, I put my neck out there all the way and I emptied myself out in terms of like believing for God to pull through and then it just falls flat. But it's amazing how he used that to, at the end of the day, of course, he comforted me through that and and he was there for me as a friend. But when I was ready, he started revealing what that was from. Yeah. And it was really my way. Right. It was like, God, I want I wanted you to come in my way. And yet I was praying the whole time. God, have your way. And mm-hmm. so he answered my prayers. But then he had to do it like by hurting my feelings. <laughs> yeah. 
and and in retrospect i'm very grateful for it because i don't want my feelings to be lord over my life <laughs> yeah that's good yeah man yeah i mean i just i just have a sense that reflecting on 2020 well mm-hmm. is is going to be a determining factor for how we engage 2021 that's good and I feel, you know, again, you know, 2020 really was the year of vision, right? Mm. Now, it's over now. And like in hindsight, looking, it really is the year of vision. And we always expected it to be the year of vision looking ahead, you know. But what 2020 literally signifies is the diagnosis of vision, right? Mm. Like 2020 is perfect vision, the way you ought to see things from where you are. Mm. And I feel like that's exactly what 2020 was. God was revealing people's hearts. Mm. You know, God was revealing where people stood with him. God was revealing where the church stood with him. God was revealing, you know, all the brokenness that had been buried for, you know, generations, for centuries, whatever it is. And, And God's been like, unearthing all of these things in our society and our families and our personal lives and i think i mean at least i'm going to speak for myself i believe that the diagnosis at the end of the day should have been i need glasses right or like Mm. like something is not right something is not aligned and and i want to deal with it i think Um, I think a lot of people chose to kind of mm, like numb Mm -hmm. that reality with other things, right? Like kind of distract themselves. And I feel like um, this is the year that, you know, it kind of is that like Psalm 23 to Psalm 24, reality right like it it is going to be evident who we follow it's going to be evident where we place our trust it's going to be evident you know what we feel safe by you know all of those things and i feel like the the way to follow the good shepherd is the rod and the staff it's good right and and i think people are so afraid of the rod Mm. that they won't follow anymore Mm. um that they choose to kind of like maya does this a lot right like when when she's doing something wrong and then we call her name we go maya and she kind of just like (laughs) she doesn't look at you she doesn't acknowledge you calling her she doesn't address the issue she just kind of like fixes her focus on something else Mm. you know Mm. and then like you call her again and again Mm. and then she just cries wow right profound and and i feel like wow i feel like that's a picture Mm. of the lord and of us Mm. you know or so many of us Mm -hmm. and you know even now i'm like tearing up because Mm. like i know how that feels as the one calling their name you know and like how much more infinitely good and great and deserving and holy and perfect and all those things is god like Mm -hmm. how much um more deserving to not be patient with Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. is god um and yet he's still so gentle even Mm -hmm. with the rod right Mm -hmm. like like it's it's never emotional (laughs) you know and that's one of the things that we always talk about as parents like discipline and punishment is good but when it's emotional it's dangerous right Mm -hmm. and but but with the lord it's never emotional Mm -hmm. because it's never he never loses his temper like Mm -hmm. he doesn't he he's not caught by surprise and he's so gentle with it and yet like so often we don't take advantage of that gentleness yeah and then we just cry (laughs) i don't know you know actually 
I think it, in previous years that he's been much more gentle and that is definitely his character, right? His gentleness. But um, <clears throat> I felt like there was a shift in God's tone in 2020. Oh, snap. And actually, I heard that confirmation word from so many prophetic voices saying the same thing. Like, God doesn't, his tone doesn't sound the same. It sounds like he's he's a little more on the edge. Oh, snap. You know, and <clears throat> and actually, it's funny that you're saying the other side right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've had conversations yeah, also when yeah. I pushed back and I was like, yeah. Honey, like, do you think God, (laughs) do you think God disciplines like that? And you're like, you know, he does. (laughs) Sometimes he is emotional in his, in his discipline, you know? And, um, I think he's, I meant like out of control emotional, like I get, (laughs) I mean, he, I think when he is that way, it's because it's just, yeah, 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 right. It's right. There's just reason for him to be that way. When we do it, it's because we're human and weak. <laughs> but, um, man, that that's that picture is just so profound to me, the way that Maya responds, and I think that's exactly what immaturity looks like. And not yeah. to say it in a belittling way, it's not. I'm not I'm not saying that to cast judgment in any way. It's just we have the opportunity to mature. We have the opportunity to actually hear the truth, right, of what God is saying yeah. and then use that to become better and not in like a self-improvement way, but like just closer to the Lord, right? Yeah. And just more aware of his heart and more in his will mm-hmm. and um, more confident in our identity, just like all aspects of who we ought to be. Um, but it all starts off just like the gospel, right? It's the fir- it's the law. The law mm. comes first, and we have to realize that we've fallen short. Yeah. And there's there's no if you relax that, then you also take away from the grace and mercy that yeah. He extends to you, and the freedom and everything that mm-hmm. follows after that. And so, like, the admission of our guilt is really, at the end, our, the, the life that, he, like, at the end of it, it's like abundant life he has in mind for us. Mm-hmm. And we just need to get through this, like, humbling process. But honestly, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, there of course, there's always a remnant. But I feel like just so much, so many people have not, fully humbled themselves before the lord and he's still looking yeah for a humble people uh yeah man i think somewhere along the way what what we trip on so often is our own ability Hmm. and i think that's what it comes down to we so often feel the conviction and we feel this like need to return to the Lord and and like on the way there is something that we can solve mm. or there's something that we can do about something. Mm. And then like suddenly we veer off course because now we're trying to fix this issue or mm. we're trying to, you know, and, and again, I think that that is the picture again of King Saul and the excellent sacrifices right like we keep finding these other things that um you know and and with trying not to get too into it like it you don't have to look on social media very long to find the church on both sides of the spectrum politically Mm -hmm. talking about how like you can't be a follower of jesus and not care about xyz yeah and everyone trying to fight for, you know, the right thing to do because this is the thing that God cares about or, you know, whatever. Or like this is the thing that's on my heart because I'm a Christian and all of these things. But like, you know, if I if I were to go through a hundred of those kind of posts, how many of those posts would say because I'm a Christian I'm going to lock myself in my closet this weekend and pray, Mm. you know, like I'm going to seek his heart and his will because 
like evidently we need it you know so much of it is like cramming down our you know hopefully this this doesn't sound offensive but like cramming down our pseudo-christian values that are like like forced into these political viewpoints and then like projecting those things as though it were gospel Mm. you know um and i feel like i feel like it's so hard for the the church to humble themselves as a people because there are so many things that they can do Mm. right now you know um and it's just it sucks it sucks but that's just kind of the way i see the current situation right now i don't know if you will yeah definitely um that self dependency is definitely very strong (laughs) um the other thing that i see is just the blame game you know we're so busy pointing out what other people are doing wrong that we're not really taking to heart what it looks like to humble ourselves Mm, before god that's good you know and if like honestly it's been happening with me in the past couple of weeks again with this everything that's going on i'm asking the lord right and honestly when i have political conversations with god (laughs) he wrecks me like he he puts me in my place (laughs) And, and then i've got nothing to say and then even the way I talk to a brother or sister who has differing opinions with me, mm-hmm. I, I've got nothing to say because yeah. God shut me up, uh-huh. you know, and, and if I'm guilty, right, then they are guilty, <laughs> <laughs> then everybody is guilty. And so what are we arguing about here? Yeah. If we would, and, and then because I've also received his forgiveness, grace and mercy, even though I was guilty, I'm able to, I, what I receive, I'm able to give. Yeah. And I literally find myself, so I would say even just two weeks ago, my natural response being on social media would be deep sighs and shaking my head. Mm-hmm. And just natural judgment just spewing out of my heart, you yeah. know, in my mind, just like casting judgment. This uh-huh. person's this, this person, you know, and not, I'm not saying anything out loud. <laughs> I'm an introvert. I'm an internal processor. So I'm not saying anything out loud, but that was the natural inclination of my heart. Now, after last week and this week, for me, honestly, God put me in check and I don't find myself, I find my my natural instinct not being that anymore and I'm thanking the Lord. I know that is a miracle. Wow. That's a miracle, <laughs> right? No yeah. conversation with someone yeah. was going to do that to me. But God, a conversation with God did that to me, mm. really. And I actually, and it's interesting, actually, it's been opening up conversations for me with people that I don't think I normally would talk to. Mm. And not because like I was looking for it. It just would happen. Mm. And then we would end up having just conversations. And so... I don't know. I think that's God. (laughs) And I think that's so much better than being in this high and mighty place and like being angry with the world around you because you feel like everybody else is wrong, but you're right. Yeah. And that's such a scary place before God, because what you're doing is you're putting your plate, you're putting, you're sitting on that, on the throne. (laughs) You're putting your judgments, your perspective higher than what god thinks or you know have we even discussed it with him have we even talked about it with him um yeah so i mean all of it is just so sobering i honestly just feel like it's a continuation have you seen that meme where that was it Lindsay lohan when she was like a little kid Lindsay lohan and there's that doc there's the is she Lindsay lohan I think so. The redhead, right? Yeah. <laughs> when she was a kid and she has like a twin sister. But then like one is 2020 and one is 2021. Oh, and there's no. like a lady like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I think it's the grace of God that if we are not going to humble ourselves, that he's going to help us. <laughs> and please, let's take the opportunity. Um 
not just so that everything can get better because again that's idolatry too <laughs> that's just wanting to be comfortable and looking for a easy life yep and so that's not it's not so that things can go back to normal because normal was not good for us nope it was not dependent on god it <laughs> was not you know seeking his counsel it was all about us I and just so just want to go back to sleep <laughs> um yeah, so it's not it's not about going back. Mm. It's about going back to God. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Oh, Jesus, help us. But that's where you lose so many people along the way. <laughs> In what aspect? Uh, I mean, just, just in every aspect, right? Whether it's you yourself, you know, losing friends, potentially family members, mm. whatever it is, because, because you're not looking for what they're looking for. Mm. And, and it just, mm. and it's not just that what you're looking for is slightly different. What you're looking for is the polar opposite. Wow. You know, um, so in that sense, but also <clears throat> just in the sense of like everyone can get on the hype train of something new, mm. right? But, but who's still around three months, six months, nine months, a year, two years, five years, 10 years later. And I just have a feeling this Christianity thing isn't going to get easier mm. as the years go by. Like this is, this is the warm up, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm thinking, do you remember the first time I did the insanity workout in Connecticut? And I like, I like threw up after the warm up. <laughs> do you remember? I was like, good God, this is the warm up. <laughs> Like, what the heck is the workout going to be like? And that's kind of like mm. the feeling I'm getting, you know, like, man, you know, I, I think that the one thing that, that a lot of Christians don't get is, you know, Jesus, he says, whoever wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Right. Like you got to put yourself to death. Mm. Right. But that's like the warm up. Wow. It's not like you do that and he's like, Good job, here's your ticket. Mm -hmm. Bye. You know? Like that's mm -hmm. the warm up. And then you live in that reality every day mm. against a world that is constantly changing more and more to hate God. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of biblically speaking that's the pattern that's supposed to ensue right like that gradually the chasm between worldliness and godliness is going to get bigger and bigger and like this is just the warm-up mm. man ah! i think you know, for those who are kind of like in that maybe hope deferred, you know, stage of like, I don't know how much I want to invest into this whole Jesus business. Um, I, I can't say that you're going to get what you want if you reinvest but I can say that you will get Jesus mm. and that he will be worth it. He will be the only thing that makes it worth it. And I think that's what he wants to reclaim. He wants to be the one and only for his church. And man, there's just been so much word of like God exposing idolatry yeah. within the church. Um, in, in both political parties, um, just all around, right? Just 
I feel like even with um, just a lot of the things that have been happening in terms of Christian leaders and downfalls and all of that, um, you know, whether it was like prophesying, missing a word or, you know, found in adultery or, you know, just all different accounts that we've been hearing. I feel like it really is also exposing idolatry of Christian leaders and Christian voices. That's good. Um, yes, shepherds will be accountable. But you know what? Every single Christian is accountable to test every word. Mm-hmm. You can go straight to the source of God. <laughs> you know, nobody needs to, nobody's bending your arm. Of course, there are situations of spiritual abuse, and I do not take that lightly, and neither does God. Um, but at the same time, like we we all need to take responsibility for how we are hearing from the Lord and how we are responding to him, how we are obeying what we hear from him. Um, but there's been so much like people just lean on these prophetic voices. People just lean on these leaders and they literally will not feed themselves. And then they start pointing fingers and blaming and, you know, like say, I told you so things like that. When, when like a fault is found and it just, I think that honestly, that's like heartbreaking for me. Uh, when I when I see a Christian leader uh, fall, I am more v- very deeply just saddened by the fact that oftentimes it was because there was this lack of accountability and a lack of community, right? A lack of being able to be vulnerable that they got stuck in this place of where people have been idolizing them mm-hmm. to be a certain image or a figure and they had to keep it up and again that doesn't excuse any of their sins but i think we just need to grow a little bit more compassion when it comes to the downfalls of our brothers you know and our sisters and yeah more than anything that we would just all hear from the lord ourselves (laughs) Just walk in relationship with him. As you're sharing that, hold on, I'm looking for the passage. It's in 1 Samuel, maybe 18, 19, something like that. When when Saul's trying to kill David, 19. And he was like, um, going to uh, Nayoth and Rama, mm-hmm. where all the prophets were, mm-hmm. and like he keeps sending people to kill David, mm-hmm. <laughs> they um, all but they all prophesy. keep prophesying yeah. uh-huh. until like he eventually goes, mm-hmm. and then he like he like ends up prophesying, yeah. and um, <laughs> the girls had and that's why so much fun with that. <laughs> yeah, the girls were cracking up. Oh my goodness! But um, as you were sharing the the kind of like red flag that kind of stood up mm-hmm. or, or n- not red flag from what you were saying, but like um, just to uh, guard my own heart and to encourage, you know, everyone who listens to guard their own, their own mm-hmm. hearts is um, I feel like, and, and, you know, again, we can talk about this more in detail if we ever have a discussion about all the prophetic words and all those things. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like, in this day and age where cancel culture is so popular, um, it's so easy to write off like a prophetic word mm-hmm. by judging the, the vessel. The vessel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I just feel like, yeah, there's just this, this sh- strong, encouragement i guess you can say or exhortation welling up in me um where you know people if if they don't take if we if i if we don't take you know our eyes off the vessel Mm. we might miss the word of the lord for us you know you even like you know like the lord makes a donkey speak Mm. right imagine if they were just like he's just a donkey Mm -hmm. like 
that's crazy. Why would I listen to that? Yeah. That's, but, but literally the the Lord uses everyone. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying like that, like all those, you know, the, the prophets who misprophesied or, you know, the pastors who've, who've like fallen into sin and made mistakes are, um, are like that, right. Mm-hmm. Are like these, like Saul figures who like even God, God can use even them. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's just the severity of of that right like that we cannot cannot ignore the words that come out of people simply because of who those words come out from you know and that was me big time um growing up even you know in like a super conservative setting um but even now i can very easily find myself um ignoring things that certain people say Mm -hmm. because i don't expect the lord to speak to me through them Mm. but the lord can speak to me through anyone and everyone and i think it's um he's reminding me but i just want to remind everyone else too um Mm. to pay attention to what you hear to what you're exposed to um and to really test it, right? And not test it with this agenda to make it fail or succeed, mm-hmm. right? Because then it'll do exactly what you want it to do. Right. Test it in humility, you know? Like we need to humble ourselves again. Um, oh and we need to test it with that humble heart. Uh, you know, and, and this can go into a whole nother thing. Uh, but maybe um, if you can just kind of briefly mention it, because I think I think this is kind of lining up to that is like uh, we need to test it with a humble heart, willing to obey mm-hmm. regardless of the word that's spoken. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Expound. It's the Jeremiah word. Mm. Um Jeremiah? Yeah, it's the Jeremiah word about Babylon and Egypt. Mm, yeah. I was yeah. Gonna go so if, if, yeah. Right. So that that's a chapter that's been like ongoing <clears throat> that the Lord's been unraveling for me. Uh, it's, I think, I believe it's Jeremiah 42. And there is a remnant of Judah that comes to Jeremiah and asks for a word of the Lord. Uh, they were in a pretty desperate situation and he they like literally like cry out for mercy and beg for this word of the lord and they even go further to say uh, in 42 it says verse 6 whether it is good or bad we will obey the voice of the lord our god to whom we are sending you that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the lord our god and then it says at the end of 10 days the word of the lord came to jeremiah and he basically says to remain in the land and the land had just been taken over by the babylonian empire and he says if you will remain in this land then i will build you up and not pull you down i will plant you and not (coughs) pluck you up for i relent of the disaster that i did to you do not fear the king of babylon of whom of whom you are afraid do not fear him declares the lord for i am with you to save you and to deliver you from the from his hand I will grant you mercy that he may have mercy on you and let you remain in your own land. But if you say we will not remain in this land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God and saying, no, we will go to the land of Egypt where we shall not see war or hear the sound of the trumpet or be hungry for bread and and we will dwell there. Then hear the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. If you set your faces to enter Egypt and go to live there, then the sword that you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt, and the famine of which you are afraid shall follow close after you to Egypt, and there you shall die. All the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to live there shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. They shall have no remnant or survivor from the disaster that I will bring upon them. And it's astounding. It goes on. He continues to just warn them, warn them, warn them. Don't go to Egypt. And then in chapter 43, it says, When Jeremiah finished speaking to all the people, all these words of the Lord their God, with which the Lord their God had sent to them, Azariah, the son of Hoshiah, and Jehon, Jehon, 
<laughs> Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the insolent men said to Jeremiah, You are telling a lie. The Lord our God did not send you to say, Do not go to Egypt to live there, but Baruch, the son of Nerea, has set you against us to deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans, that they may kill us or take us into exile in Bab Babylon. It's insane that they begged and pleaded for the word of the Lord, and then they waited 10 days for the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord came, and they literally <laughs> said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and even the chapters right before that, God was, God was speaking to me from chapters 37 and on, where it was King Zedekiah did the same thing, summoned Jeremiah three different times, asked for the word of the Lord, and then he did not listen, and he met the fate that Jeremiah had prophesied. What, what is it that gets us the, like there? They're, they're not very far from where we are. This is what we have to recognize, that when you're in that place of desperation, you really feel like you think you would obey whatever God says. But you know what? The, it, the, the, okay. the danger in it, all, in, in it all, right, is that the prophetic, when we hear it and even when we give it, if it's mixed in with our flesh, then it will, it will change how we receive it and the way we give it. But I'm talking about reception right now. I'm talking about hearing from the Lord. And so we need to destroy our flesh. And this whole Egypt thing, it, it symbolizes the desires of the flesh. The same thing when God was delivering Israel, he was bringing them out of Egypt. And as he was bringing them through the wilderness so that he could bring them into the land of promise, they craved for Egypt. <laughs> And it's the same thing. God is trying to deliver us. And yet we want to go back. We want to go back because it was more comfortable because I got to eat what I want, whatever it is. And it can go deeper than that, honestly. Wow. Right. Like, again, back to my uncle, my desire, my fleshly desire was for him to live. And is that is that is that the is that the worst thing? Is that the worst thing? No, but it's when it comes to God's way or my way. Right. If we are being stubborn to say, I'm like, I've already committed myself to this narrative and I'm not going to give God space to change it, then this is what happens. Yep. And then it's scary, actually, when you read further on what happens. Actually, I, I really wanted to talk about Jeremiah 44, where it's he, God calls out through Jeremiah the idolatry of the people. And then they literally say they're going to be devoted to this queen of heaven because what they said when they served her then all this bad stuff didn't happen yeah and what is this queen of heaven it's it's basically just it's divination it's what the church of god is trying to do to god right the whole isaiah mm. 58 thing if i do this then you will do this that's yeah. what witchcraft is yeah it's like it's literally formula where if you sacrifice this animal, if you do this kind of ritual, then this happens. And that's yeah. why people get drawn into this stuff because yeah. it's so immediate. It's satisfying your flesh yeah. and you get what you want. And literally people will break families and whatever it is, it's dark stuff. But it, yet the, the church of God is actually performing divination, divination and witchcraft yeah. wow. towards the Lord in the name of the Lord using prophetic promises and that's or religious form yeah right? religious yeah. form whatever it is or even in in their hearing of the mm -hmm. lord i've seen yeah cases you know yeah both well, ways no, I, I was both guilty ways. what am both i talking extremes. about that was me <laughs> that was me right <laughs> and let's be honest with it i mean and that's funny with me it's the other right it, mm. it was the religious form yes that's right <laughs> I mean, but it's God who delivers. Uh -huh. If you are willing to humble yourself and you're willing to submit under his hand, then he will deal with you. He dealt with us in 2020. <laughs> he did it. And I believe he will continue to deal with us as long as we are willing to cooperate and we are willing to give him the wheel. We're willing to trust in him and actually let him lead rather than continuing to put our hand to the wheel and trying to insist in our own way. It's good. It's good. I want to, I want to kind of wrap up on that note because I think that's, that's like, that's the point we can keep driving again and again in this conversation. But I kind of, I, I want to end with like, 
um, some practicals mm. for some reason, mm -hmm. right? Like, so um, what does that look like? How do I, how do I like seek, you know, my 2021 word, right? Mm -hmm. My vision, uh, what does that look like? And, um, you know, how do I humble myself then practically, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I, how do I know where I stand? And, you know, and, and again, like without going into religious form and like, and, and like this, the spirit of witchcraft, if you will, right? Like the heart of like, well, if I do this, then this will happen. Right. But like, how can I um, practically start taking steps toward having the right heart motive or, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. um, um, I'll just, I think the best we can do is just share our, our patterns. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, for what I know about myself, I'm not a very, I don't know, like for me, because my inner peace is so important to me, whenever I feel off, I, I have to go to the Lord. And when I, when I go to the Lord, then he will clarify for me what the issue is. Here's the problem as what we were talking about earlier. When you are too strong, <laughs> That takes too long yeah. for him to do because right. what you're doing is you just keep going. Yeah. Even though you don't have that inner peace, <laughs> you just keep going until you hit breaking point. But even in the breaking point, we have so many scaffoldings over ar around us and mm. distractions that we can self-medicate and we can all do all this stuff and we can prolong this process when all you got to do is just go to Jesus. Like that's how simple <laughs> it is. And so in, in the brokenness, when you feel like you're in that weakness, I think it's a perfect place to engage with the Lord because then that's humility, right? When you're in touch with your brokenness, that's humility because that's reality. Yeah, You're broken. But it's a beautiful thing how he says that blessed are those who are poor in spirit, right? And all of the Beatitudes that there is this there is a, there is a like a beautiful exchange that happens when you come in that pure form pure and broken form and then he is able to speak to you and you're able to receive that word and you're able to realize that that wow that actually changes my life mm. you know and so i think that's a big big requirement of the broken you know the brokenness and the poor in spirit that we need to engage god in um, something as practical as like going through your social media feed, right? And if you know that it's like not bearing good fruit inside of you, don't keep feeding it, mm. right? Just disengage and then engage with the one who's going to give you life yeah, and, and truth. I don't know. Those are some of things that come to mind. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it just... It's like, um, I'm so quick to just try to solve problems, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I see a problem, I try to think of a solution mm -hmm. and I try to implement the solution. Um, and that's where I get caught up a lot. And, uh, what I'm challenging myself more to this year is. Um, to test my solution before I implement it, even if it means it looks like I don't have the solution. Does that make sense? Or even if it looks like I have to let the problem linger a little longer. Yeah, you should share that vision you had. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, the vi yeah, the, uh, when I was praying a, f a few days ago, um, <laughs> It's all a blur right now. It, yeah. Sometime last week, um, I I uh, saw a vision of like this fire in a home, right, and like a li in the living room. Um, and uh, the Lord kind of asked me, John, what do you think the best thing to do in this situation is? And and I said, we need to get a fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that's kind of how it played out. Like we were having this conversation. Um, and in that moment, he showed me how, 
how natural that was for me in the moment Mm -hmm. and yet all the times that I didn't Mm. and he was showing me pictures of like me trying to blow this fire out Mm -hmm. and like you know it was almost like this time lapse type of thing where you know there's there's like I I saw myself trying to blow it out I saw myself exhausted I and I saw myself just laying there Mm. while the fire grew Mm. right and and like in this in this really gentle but like sure of himself tone mm-hmm. um uh, he was basically like john it's okay to momentarily leave the problem to return with the solution mm. um and and that again specifically for me was the invitation to fasting mm-hmm. right it was like you don't have to it, you don't have to be the solution mm. um and and the fire extinguisher it symbolized um the like fastedness and intimacy with jesus more specifically Mm. um and it was me doing things his way um whereas you know trying to blow out the fire was me doing things by my own strength Mm -hmm. um yeah and so and, and like he just keeps showing me similar types of things right um and like me just i'm sim i'm recently getting a lot of similar types of convictions and it really is this like you know the little carrot like when you're writing something yeah uh, and then you like put the little carrot and Mm then um you like write what what you forgot in Mm -hmm. there Mm um (laughs) that carrot is is like my processing time with the lord Mm. right so even even with the solution um i need to remember to submit that to the lord because a lot of times i try to implement human solutions Mm. and it 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 it, one of two things happens right It, it either crashes and burns and i feel like a failure or it does great and i feel like a success Mm. but um i just want to feel like I'm close to Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> and it isn't a cop out, mm-hmm. right? It, it really is um, like what I'm jealous for in this season is steadfastness mm. um, with him. Right. Um, yeah. So There's good. so much more I can say, but I'm trying to, yeah. you know, like wrap it there. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, Yeah. It reminds me of that big eyeball vision that I got last year. You know, like um <clears throat> I did share it on one of the episodes where uh there was like a, just a vision of completely depleted land. It was super dry and all these like trees were dead. And then the first vi- image was me like trying to plant one tree at a time like we're trying to revive one tree at a time and maybe in my lifetime i'd be able to revive one Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then instead of that i found myself on top of a mountain looking into this huge eye which which was the eye of the lord and just ministering to him Mm. and and the eye just welled up into a huge tear and it fell onto the land and it it was like this mighty (laughs) river of life and it just revived the land you know and he's like i made you to minister to me and when you move my heart, I move in the land, I heal the land. And that was the, wow, okay, Lord, I, ju- I just need to let all this go. Let all these people who are heartbroken and hurting and all, uh, all these situations, you know, that I can't even really do anything about it, but I guess it just makes me feel better when I get to do something about it. Yeah, just giving it to the Lord and focusing on him. Uh, but then he does, after when you focus on him long enough, he does give you an action plan. So it's not about doing nothing, but it's about being with him. Yes. I think humility, intimacy, hearing from him, being obedient to what you hear. Mm. And that's going to look different for every single person. Mm. And that's going to look different for every season of one person's life you know and so 
there is no copy paste formula there mm -hmm. is no religious format there is no the answer it really is you know a journey of mm -hmm. relationship and i'm thankful for that to yeah. be honest right that's why that's why i'm a liberal arts major there's what? no right answer no i'm just kidding no, you're not. <laughs> but well i was um but um yeah i i just yeah let's wrap it there mm -hmm. but just want to encourage you guys and, and thank you for listening we're back yes. uh we'll have more of these heavier type conversations but what we're also going to have um the heart of what started but honey also with you know the relational issues and with the guests and stuff so mm -hmm. just you know stay tuned as we order this home <laughs> <laughs> um yeah maybe we'll even get a little video corner set up that'd be really fun too all right y'all well thanks for tuning in thank you we love you guys See you until soon. next time bye bye, bye.